Welcome back to the Double I Show Fantasy Island Fantasy Football Edition. With me, as always, is Sweet Tea. And, hey, we got Bombo here today. Bombo, you checking in? You there, buddy? I am here. That's right. Bombo is our new part of our crew. So he's going to be joining us today. But, you know, we're still going divisional. We're just going to keep things rolling. We're going to keep the momentum going. So we're just going to get into it, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, guys. So I'm just going to get cracking. All right, Sweet Tea, you there? Oh, I'm here. I'm ready. Okay, just wanted to make sure, dude. I just, you know, I just, I worry about you sometimes, uh, you know? I mean, just it's a little early still for me. Yeah, okay. So we're going to go ahead and talk about, you know, the, the we're going back in a divisional right now. And what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to talk about all the fantasy-relevant guys on the team. It might not be everybody on the roster because we just don't have the time. We're not going to talk a lot of stats. We're just going to touch on these guys and let you know what we think and our personal opinions. If any of the other hosts have opinions after these guys done talking, they can throw it out. We're going to try to keep it down for you, keep it short. And we're going to go and get the ball rolling again in the AFC North again today. So I'm going to go ahead and start it off with the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are pretty much, I think, the class of the division. They own the division the last couple of years. Lamar Jackson has really proven himself coming out of college. Made me a believer. I knew he was a good college quarterback, but I just didn't know what he had to translate into the professional game. Um, I think that Baltimore was very smart and they utilized Lamar to skills. That saying that, they had to build a team around him. And the team that they built around him was a defensive team that can run the ball. And they can throw the ball. They just don't really have weapons on the outside like other teams do because they run from the inside out. They want everything up the middle. They want everything on the edges. They want to keep running, running, running. So we'll go ahead and start talking about Lamar and his fantasy value. And I think there's, it's intriguing there, guys. You know, Lamar has broken basically every record as far as any type of, you know, game stats and things like that as far as rushing for quarterbacks in the league. He's ready to overtake Michael Vick all time for rushing. He's only been in the league three or four years. So he's really a game changer at that position. My fear with him was that he was going to get injured. He was a smaller guy. But his quickness and his agility seems to be keeping him out of that trouble right now. He did get a little bit injured last year. But when he went down, man, these guys were still like eight and three or something like that. And he, and he had no running backs last year. All his running backs went down. So he's definitely, I believe, the class of the division as far as quarterback. And he makes that engine roll. As far as fantasy, though, it's tough. You know, the guy's solid. He's going to get you points just because of those extra points he gets for rushing. It's where do you value him? And do you like that kind of quarterback? He's not going to wow the stats and throw for four or 500 yards every game. He might have one or two games like that a year. He's going to be in the mid 200s consistently. He's going to throw a touchdown or two, but he might run for one or two as well. So his value is really intriguing. And I think that's the biggest question on that team of what you want to do with that guy, because he's obviously someone who can be taken in the higher rounds or stuck in the lower rounds. So it's really what you decide with him. But I think overall, he's a, a very relevant fantasy player. Going in their backfield, I think it's a little bit of a mess. You have a lot of guys there. They got Mike Davis, old man retread Mike Davis over there. So he's playing. They have J.K. Dobbins coming off an injury. They have Gus Edwards, who was there the last couple of years and actually did really well. The, the, the coaching staff really likes him. They, they're probably going to give him his shares of the rock. 
but my concern there is J.K. Dobbins. Everybody is really jumping on J.K. Dobbins that I've seen in these early drafts that I've done in these leagues because they think that they expect the J.K. Dobbins that was their pre-injury to show up. And it usually takes a little while, guys. You know what I mean? No knock on J.K. Dobbins or his, you know, his rehab or anything like that, but definitely has something out there that he needs to do. He 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 needs to show because it's going to be tough for him. And I don't think they're going to overcarry, give him too many carries to start the year. I think they want to ease him back into the load. So I think Mike Davis is going to get a lot of that shot there. You know, receiver wise, I think it's tough there. They lost Marquise Brown. He didn't want to play there. Rashad Bateman is intriguing as well. He was a high draft pick out of Minnesota, I believe. And he was really good in Minnesota. They really didn't utilize him like they should have last year. And I don't think they really schemed the ball for him. But I think they're going to have to this year, obviously, because he's the only option. Their other only passing option is a beast, Mark Andrews. And that's what's a little bit funny. It's sort of the only guy on the team that can catch the fucking ball. The other team knows that, and he still catches the fucking ball. So it's like, I don't understand why other teams can't shut this guy down. Is he that elite? Like we said in the last episode, I'm not really sure if I would claim him as the number one fantasy tight end. I think he has to do it for multiple years. He's been ascending, and he had a monster year last year. But the reality was, is Lamar missed time, and I think that sort of helped him as well. I think what that did is because he's a security blanket, especially for the younger quarterbacks that went in there, you know, and they're going to throw the ball to the tight end. So I think it boosted and elevated his number a little bit. I don't think he's going to have that much regression. But again, I think between him and Kelsey, they're the top two tight ends. And you can't go wrong with that guy. I think to me, Mark Andrews is the most fantasy relevant guy on that team. You know, it's going to be difficult in that division. I think you're going to beat up the division, but it's where do their scores come from? is today are they going to rush for five or six scores or are they going to throw for three or four? And I think that's the difficulty there is finding the consistency in that team and then making the decision when you're going to value those guys. So that's my take on the Baltimore Ravens, guys. That's a hell of a take there, King. You know what? I, I kind of agree with you, though, a little bit on Dobbins. I really, I, I'm hopeful on him and, and I do want him to do well only because, like, you know, in some of these mock drafts, I've, I drafted him, you know, and, and, I, I, it usually takes a year. Yeah, you know yeah, what no, I mean. And right. I get it; it's different now. And but these guys really don't find that burst again for about a year. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. Last year, Harbaugh made sure that the running back position was the biggest mystery when it came to fantasy. We had Freeman rushing, you know, because having a top ten finish one week, gets no carries the next week. Latavius Murray gets in there, and nobody really shined. I mean, I think they're just glad to have a healthy, stable back, but he has no problem with distributing that wealth. I agree with you that Mark Andrews might just be the only consistent fantasy option on that team. Rashad Bateman, if he establishes that connection with Lamar, he can do some damage. He's, you know, he's similar. You can probably compare him to a Keenan Allen type. He runs all the right routes, has a big catch radius, gets open. The thing is, is Lamar as advanced as a passer as someone like that needs him to be? I think Lamar can pass pretty good, and I think he throws a really good deep ball. I just don't know what their offense is scheming for the guy, what they're really trying to accomplish. And that's a hard thing we don't know, guys. You know, we always think, hey, if he just throws the ball, yeah, he's good. For sure. We don't know what they're trying to do, and that's the hard part. Yeah. All right, man. So we're going to keep this ball rolling. Bombo's going to go ahead and talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thanks, King. So the Steelers, 
I'll tell you one thing about the Steelers, no matter what, they're not tanking, despite this probably being the least amount of talent that we've seen from this team in a while. Let's not kid ourselves. They were working with a dead arm quarterback last year, so we really didn't see the most out of their receiving crew. They have a great running back right now, you know, someone I believe is top three running back in the league, but it all starts with the coach and it all starts with the franchise. And Tomlin is known for feeding his running back and putting three decent pass catchers out on the field and taking advantage of that, of a quarterback that had it upstairs. As Roethlisberger started to decline, they were still getting fantasy production out of some of their players. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the new signal caller in that, on that team is going to do, which brings us to Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Right now, I would not, I'm not looking to anybody as far as quarterbacks that should be on a fantasy roster. I think Mitch Trubisky has the better upside because he can do it with his legs. And let's face it, you know, he was in a bad situation with the Bears, went to Buffalo, kind of reinvented himself. And uh, he's taking taking a chance on himself right now. He's, from what I'm hearing, he's winning that job. But don't sleep on Kenny Pickett. You know, he's got a lot of people in that locker room that like what he brings, the intangibles. He's a, he's a natural leader. Whereas Trubisky was really trying to find his way. But when it comes down to overall arm talent and who can make the plays, I think it's Mitch Trubisky. Don't go out of your way to try to draft Mitch Trubisky. And he's going to be there for you once you get to the end of your draft. But if you need, you know, if he shows and he proves it, be the first guy that gets him off the waiver wire and maybe plugs and plays on some on bye week or something but one of the best things is there's no button mason rudolph isn't involved in this in, in, anymore so they don't have to worry about that it brings me to the running back position Najee harris he's a three down workhorse tomlin loves him tomlin feeds more beasts than jack Hanna. we all know this from willie parker to james connor this guy has always featured that back and he's an old school coach so you know if you're doing it in, in practice if you're giving it your all in each rep you're going to get fed i believe not hold on dog Dude, you threw a Willie Parker reference in there. That is the shit. So far, Najee has been injury-free, knock on wood. He's got great hands. He has great instinct. He hits the hole hard. There were a lot of plays last year that were negative plays that he made the best out of. He had some of the best negative one-yard runs I've seen just because he was trying to make up for some of the deficiencies on that offensive line and just trying to bail Flisberger out. I would definitely draft him in the top three. That's just me. I mean, you can't. You really can't put a price tag on on. You, true workhorse backs right now, unless you're going zero running back, you know, strategy, but that's a whole different story. In my opinion, he has the chance to be the best fantasy running back of 2022. From a pass catcher standpoint, they have, you can call it a three-headed monster right now. They have Deontay Johnson, who's a PPR darling. He just got paid. He's the number one receiver on the team. He we haven't seen him shine without Ben in times when Mason Rudolph would take over. He kind of disappeared. Rudolph was kind of going to James Washington, going to some of these other people and checking down a lot. He's good enough to be your wide receiver too. Uh, and if you're going zero running, if you're going super running back heavy in your draft, definitely you could put him in your wide receiver one in PPR league. He can get you the points. He has about a 12 to 13 point floor, depending on what your scoring is. Claypool, Chase Claypool. Hey, he has all the physical tools, good blocker. He's out there. He stays healthy. He's just not a solid route runner. We've kind of been waiting for this, you know, athletic phenom to become something, but we'll bring it back to the dead arm quarterback that he had last year. You know, he really wasn't given that opportunity to shine. I believe that the upgraded quarterback will help Claypool. He's got someone that will get drafted just off of his athletic ability. And the, you know, the rookie, George Pickens, great dynasty potential, physical, good route runner. He's just a gamer. He's just an overall dog. He's going to benefit from whoever this quarterback is 
developing that that relationship with them. He's worth a late round flyer. He should definitely be rostered. And then you got the tight end, Pat Fryermuth. He was doing his thing last year. And he's another guy that's going to benefit from just a fresher arm. He could block. He's a three down tight end. He's a big gamer. I mean, the guy was catching touchdowns from, he was pretty much the only guy catching touchdowns from Ben Roethlisberger last year. I have faith in Fryermuth. He's going to give whoever drafts him or whoever picks him up in late rounds is going to have a gamer on their hands. It's going to help them out in the tight end position. He's not one of those elite tight ends, but I mean, once you get past the three or four guys, it's pretty much a a dice roll anyway. And that is the Steelers. No, pretty good, man. I like the Willie Parker thing, man. And, you know, I think the intriguing guy to me is the receiver Pinkett, which you talked about. What college did he go to? He went to Pitt, right? He went to Georgia. Did he go to Georgia? Didn't he go to Pitt? Oh, he went to Georgia. You're right. He's from Georgia. I keep thinking he's from Pitt. I don't know why, but yeah, I like him. He looks good and he's already making flashes in the preseason. You can tell, I mean, obviously guys are playing against, I'm not going to say inferior guys, but just guys who aren't up to their level, but this kid, he's at the level. So I think he is going to get some reps and he will have some relevance. So I think that was a good call. Okay. Sweet tea. Are you ready? Huh? I was over here sleeping. Anyway, guys, all right, I got the Bengals and, uh, you know, come on. King started trying to say that, you know, the Ravens were the class of the division. I'm sorry, King, but I differ with that. I've been waiting for several years now for them to become something. They really haven't been that fantasy relevant, limping into the playoffs every single year. And you got the kid, Joe Burrow, over there in in, uh, Cincy. And he's, I mean, what did everybody always say about the Bengals, right? The Bungles, the Bungles, the Bungles. Not anymore. Not anymore. These guys are straight up legit. Uh, Joe Burrow is legit. He is going to be a top quarterback in this league for a long time to come. He's already projected for them to be able to have their, you know, that offense being another top offense in this league. They're picking them to be probably the the number one offense in this entire league. So I, I'm really excited because they also have an improved O-line. So look for Joe Burrow to have another monstrous season. And that's without a doubt, a number one quarterback that you got to go after. Going into the backfield now, you got, you know, you got Joe Mixon there. Last year, he had a better than expected type of year. Every year he has a decent year. You look at him fantasy-wise and PPR. He has a good solid year, but he's never really lived up to that, you know, top back fantasy back type of, you know, situation, whether it be injuries or other things like that. But to be honest with you, I I, I like Joe Mixon, but when it came down to situational type of things, he, for whatever reason, wasn't getting the ball in prime situations, like in the two minute marks. So if you go back to the Super Bowl and you look at that last two minutes, he didn't get a carry. No, no, no. They went to Perrine for that. That, that was not Mixon. So you got to look at that and you got to wonder why they're doing that. Was he hurt? What, you know, but they did that a lot during last year. So I don't know if he's in the doghouse or he just, you know, he's gassed out by the end of the game. Who knows? But he's going to get you those solid numbers. I still kind of iffy on him. I wouldn't take him too, too high, but I, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't take him, you know, and wait too, too late because he will get snatched up. Which leads me into Perrine and Evans. That's kind of those two backfields, right? So they're going to be playing a bigger role in this offense. But to be honest with you, not that huge of a role. I think Perrine's going to make a bigger impact than Evans would fantasy wise. Perrine's going to take some of those 
those those touches away, but I don't really see them being that huge, you know, fantasy wise. If you got to pick up a guy really late and you just got to fill out some roster, yeah, go ahead, especially if it's a guy that you need to plug in for for later on for a buy or whatever. Which leads me into that receiver, Jamar Chase. You know, one of the top receivers in the league. What can you say about that guy? I mean, had a fantastic rookie season, arguably one of the best NFL rookie seasons of all time. I mean, that that's historical and, and that that's without said, right? So you expect him to probably do the same, maybe even a little bit better. But the guy that's out there right now that had some injury issues, but is probably like a one a egg to, to Jamar Chase is T Higgins. T Higgins is a beast. And yeah, he had a lot of injuries issues, you know, going into his third year, I'm looking for him. As long as that shoulder holds up, I really do think that Higgins is going to have a really solid fantasy year. He's going to go out. He's going to get you those numbers. I really like him. And then the last guy over there is Tyler Boyd. Yeah, he's not going to be a T Higgins. He's not a Jamar Chase. I understand that. But if it's a late round pickup, if it's a guy that's just going to fill out your roster, he's going to get you some points. He's not going to be a guy that you're going to play in those top two receiver slots in your fantasy, but he's going to be one of those guys that you could plug in to kind of fill a gap when you need to. Um, otherwise, I mean, that ball distribution between them is, it's going to be pretty interesting. I'm kind of nervous to see how they're going to Really, I mean, like King, like what we were talking about in in previous episodes, we were talking about like how do you how do you you know divide that rock between everybody, right? You know, there's only so much ball that can go around, and that's really what I'm I'm looking at is what that kind of distribution is going to look like. So it's going to be interesting, but really, to me, King, the Bengals are the class of that division. T- to be honest with you. No, I mean, I, I can see that if you're, you know, on their train, whatever, they, they made it to the Super Bowl last year. You know what I mean? So absolutely. But the reality is, is who's really dominated that division the last three years, and that's Baltimore. So I, I want to see Cincinnati do it again with the Super Bowl schedule. True. You know, and I think that's going to be the difficulty with them is their schedule is going to be very, very different this it is. year. Their off games are not going to be against Houston or you know, teams like that or the Jets or things like that anymore. They're going to be playing the Rams. They're going to be playing the Buffalo Bills. They're going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to be playing those teams on their off schedule. And it makes a big difference. It's it's going to be tough for them. You know, and I, I, I like what they have in Cincinnati. I really do. And I'm, I'm really high on a lot of guys there. But I think this year will be a little bit of regression. I think that, you know, I don't know if they're going to win the division. But I think they'll get to the playoffs, and I think they'll, they'll they'll make a little splash in the playoffs again. I don't know, if, dude. They won all their playoff games by a total of less than like ten points. You know what I mean? They won everything on the last play, so it, everything was like perfect for them last year. So I'm not sure if that can happen again. But I think the Joe Mixon thing got straightened out. I know he cleared the air because they didn't use him, like you were saying. It was more the fact that he felt the team didn't use him right, and he was a little salty at the end of the year. So I heard that they cleared the air on that, and he's good to go. So we'll see what happens. Samaje P. Ryan, solid running back, solid backup. Chris Evans is the guy, though. That guy, he's got juice. I don't know why they don't make him Captain the second America, guy. They really don't. They need to give him a, the, a little bit more opportunities and spell mix and a little bit more with him. You know, Samaje P. Ryan is who he is. So, yeah, man, I, I can see all that. You know, I, I just don't know if that's going to be enough for them to get back to where they were. Nah, definitely. Well. We'll see. 
We'll see. I don't know if you want to put something on it, King, but I really think that the Bengals are going to win this division. Yeah, I'm sure we'll put something on it for All sure. Right. Can't wait. But hey, I'm going to keep this thing rolling because we're just, we're dragging a little bit, man. So I'm going to go ahead and go into the Brownies. It's the mess, right? This organization's a fucking mess historically. So it's like, I mean, what do you do there? Obviously, the quarterback situation is what the quarterback is, right? I mean, the the thing that makes it difficult there with the lack of quarterback, and we talked about this, T, and I, I'm sure you'll chime in on this too, Bombo, is the fantasy relevance is really driven through the quarterback position. The better quarterback there is on the team, it sort of opens up everything for everybody else. And that's that's the difficulty with this right now, and especially in this team. They got a couple high-priced free agents in. They have a disgruntled running back there. They got a suspended quarterback. I really don't know what they're going to do this year, guys. And the reality is, is there's no, nothing at quarterback there unless you only want to pick up the Sean Watson for the last six games or you're so bullish on him. You want to pick him up in a keeper league and have him for next year. But the reality is he sucked balls when he played in his preseason game and didn't look good at all. Jacoby Brissett's not draftable. I think there's so many other options out there, and I think that quarterback is one of the deepest positions this year in the draft. So I don't think he's draftable at all, even as a backup. But I think there's someone who'll probably take him as a backup. Again, you know, even just looking at the receiving core like we talked about, you know, they brought in Amari Cooper, they brought in these things, and I don't know who's going to throw him the fucking ball. So Amari Cooper's very different guy. To me, even when he was in Dallas, he's like a boomer bust guy. The only other thing they got there is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Is he going to pull any coverage away from Amari Cooper? I don't know. They paid David and Joku a shitload of money. They don't even throw him the ball. I really don't understand their philosophy there, and I don't understand what they're doing. That leads me to their running backs. Kareem Hunt, obviously he was holding out. I don't know what his situation is. I know he wanted out. They said no. I don't know if it's a stalemate, if the guy's practicing. Maybe you guys can help me out at the end of this. And if you guys got any information, throw it in there. But to me, those running backs are 1A and 1B. Two great running backs. I love Kareem Hunt. I think he was great when he was in Kansas City. And yeah, he fucked up over there. But, I mean, looking at it now, going into Nick Chubb, that's really all they got, guys. Everybody else is either wanting out or they're hurt or they don't have any means to get any fantasy points. So if you're looking at it and thinking, okay, yeah, Nick Chubb's my option, I think what you got to weigh is how bad are teams going to try to stack the box against him? And in my opinion, I'm not worried about that. I think Nick Chubb's a great running back, and it doesn't matter if the box is stacked or not. He's going to get his. It just depends on what they're going to do. And if they feature him and they feed him and they do those things, I think he can be relevant and have a decent year. But I think they're probably only going to win five or six games if they're lucky. So it's really difficult to pick anybody there who's, I guess, not just fantasy relevant, but someone like draftable in the higher rounds, guys. I just don't know if they have anybody in that, you know, top five rounds other than Nick Chubb. Right, just because of all the issues I talked about. Why don't you guys chime in a little bit, man? Because I, I just, you know, this is actually one of the teams that's difficult for me just because all the shit they're going through. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you, King. Uh, I believe if they were just giving Chubb and Hunt, to tell you the truth, the ability to do what they do best, and that's follow those big guys on the offensive line, making the most out of small holes, turn them into big holes. You know, they, they're they big game guys. They just need to be fed, especially with question marks at the quarterback position right now. It would be in their best interest to feature both of them. The only problem is, like you touched on, Kareem Hunt's in the final year of his two-year extension that he signed in 2020. They're making no you know, there's no movement right now as far as him getting a, a bigger contract. In fact, he's probably going to be getting shopped come trade deadline because you're going to lose him for nothing at the end of the year or you could try to get something. So I would say keep an eye on Kareem Hunt because, he, you know, if he goes somewhere, let's say the Eagles, the Eagles are always in are thrown out there as a team that could be trying to upgrade at every position, especially right now. If you see him going somewhere like the Eagles, somewhere like Tampa, somewhere like that. He, he is, um, but think, remember this dude is not clean. You know, people that have been. He's got baggage. And a lot of those teams don't want to deal with that baggage. And I think that's why he didn't get a lot of suitors when he was leaving Kansas City. Right? There weren't a lot of teams that were willing to go out there with him. Cleveland said, fuck yeah, we'll do it. So I think that might play into it a little bit about how many teams want him and his value. And I think that's what Cleveland's saying. Dude, we stuck by you. You know what I mean? And now you just, you want, you want your money. I get it. But we're building a team, dude. And they just bought a quarterback. So let's win. You know what I mean? I think that's what their, their philosophy. That's what I'm. Yeah. I mean, if it was me, it w- I mean, that's the logical thing, right? But I don't know if Kareem Hunt's being greedy. He's good. But I don't know how much he's going to get on the open market just because of that baggage. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, that's a good point. That's a great point. I hear you. I mean, I, I think, I think the baggage though was kind of behind him when you think about it. I mean, it's been a long time already since he had those issues. He hasn't really had any issues since then. And to be, let's be perfectly honest. I mean, both guys are banged up. So it's in the best interest of Cleveland to try to keep both because when one goes down, the other guys just plug in too, and they each get theirs. They're, they're good anywhere. But to your question earlier, King, you know, it, there isn't anything being said right now about Hunt and his status. You know, earlier in in camp, he was kind of a holdout. He was he was one of those hold ins. So there really wasn't a lot going on, and, and nothing was being reported. And it still kind of isn't. It's really hush hush, which is kind no, of and, odd coming out. of And people. I get what you're saying, you know, but I I know what you're saying that there hasn't been he hasn't had any issues or he hasn't done anything. This is the NFL T. I, I'm going to say two words: Doug Williams. You piss off these owners or do something they don't like, they don't forget. Doug Williams came out and after he won the Super Bowl and was Super Bowl MVP and said that the NFL owners were racist. He couldn't get on a team the next year. How do you go from Super Bowl MVP to not being able to make a team? I'm not saying it's the same situation, but what I'm saying is I'm sure there's a lot of those 32 owners sitting in that room saying, I'm not going to take that kid on my team because I don't want that headache. And that's my point. I'm not saying everybody, you know what I mean? But I'm saying what it does is it diminishes his value, you know? And I think he has the, the, probably the same thought you do. I haven't done shit. I cleaned myself up. I've been a good boy. I did everything they asked me to do. I need to get back to where I was. I don't know if he ever will. He got me too, bro. Yeah, he's done. You know, I mean, that's the bottom line. But hey, good points, guys. So at this time, what we're going to do, man, is we're going to go ahead and jump into our top three. And this is how we're going to do it, guys, because there's three of us. Each of us get a pick. The other guy can't pick someone who's already been picked. All right. You get one minute to talk about your guy and why you want him there. So 
let's go in and start off at the quarterback position. All right. So T, you're going to start off this one with the number three quarterback in this division, who's probably going to be your number one guy, but obviously it will be. Well, go ahead. Oh, come on. Is there even a question? Joe Burrow, of course. I mean, Joe Burrow's the man. And until anybody can prove me otherwise, no, I like that's my Joe, guy. Dude. He, he's the shit. You know what I mean? But I mean, I think it's going to be, he's going to have a tougher hoe this year. It, it's a, it's a, he's got a tough schedule, man. He's got a tougher. <laughs> you said, oh, road dog. You see what I'm talking about, Bombo? This is what I told you, man. All right, Bombo, you're up. Who's your number one guy in the division? Even if it was you, you got to name somebody else. So. All right. And, you know, I hate to put you in that position, gang, but you spoke on it earlier, Lamar. So I'm one of those guys that needs a running quarterback on my team, depending on what the scoring situation is like in the league that I'm in. I'm always going for that running quarterback. I'm always want to get a, a year early as someone that was early drafter of or very early Lamar. I've been a part of games where he has thrown three or four interceptions and still got you 27 points. So I believe his floor is you know, relatively high because he's doing it with his legs. He is the, until proven otherwise, he is the goal line option for touchdowns. So I'm taking Lamar Jackson. I'm liking me some Lamar, Dom. I really am, dude. He's, you know, and I don't think they're going to get his contract ironed out before the start of the season. And he's cool with that. He's saying, you know what, I'll play through it. I'm good. But I like me some Lamar, especially in a contract year, bro. That's all I'm saying, dude, because that dude is juice, man. He is just, he's, yeah, he's something different. So, all right, well, all right, man, I'm going, wow, where do I go? I'm going to go, all right, how about this, guys? I'm going to Sean Watson just because of ability, right? I know he's only going to be there for five games, but really, can I put Mitch Trubisky on the list? Come on, man. Wow. I mean, that, that's the reality. I'm going to put Jacoby Brissett on the list. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. So, I mean, in those five games, I think I'll probably flash better than all those other guys all year. So, again, I didn't have much to work with there, but sorry about that, folks. But that's our three top three quarterbacks in the division. We're going to go ahead and move on now to running backs. And Bombo's going to start us off to, with this list. I'm going to go number two and T will go number three. Go ahead and start us off, Bombo. Who's your... Number one running back in the division. My number one running back coming out of the AFC North is Najee Harris. I spoke in length about him earlier, and I think there's not too much more I could add to it. He's top three talent. He has the opportunity, and the coach and that staff really do their their due diligence in making sure that their running backs get mixed. Like it, I think so, too. I, I agree. They just, you know, I mean, he, he led the league in touches last year. They say they're going to, you know, knock him down a little bit because they want to save him. Yeah. Look what happened to Christian McCaffrey. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not happening. And he's built twice as, twice as good as Christian McCaffrey anyway, for the NFL. I'm going to go number two here and I'm going to go ahead and throw my boy Nick Chubb in there. You know, I think it was close between him and probably the guy that he was going to pick next. So, but I'm going to go Nick Chubb as my number. two. All right, King. Well, I have for my number three, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a good year last year. I expect him to have another fantasy relevant good year, but I couldn't, I couldn't go higher than than anybody else. But all excellent picks, to be well, honest. I, with you. So you I, I think that's, no a, that's a solid list. You know what I mean? Think about those three running backs, man. They're all pretty much studs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. I, I think probably the lowest ADP out of For those sure. guys is definitely Chubb. You know what I mean? So I think Mixon's a higher ADP. You know, and I think just because of the team status as well. So I think it was solid, man. 
All right, we're going to go into wide receivers. So wide receivers, I'm going to go in and start this thing off, and I'm going to take my number one guy. It's This is a tough list, guys, right? But I'm going to throw one out there, right? And you guys are just going to – I know what's going to happen. Everyone's going to look at me, and they're going to be like, hey, dude, you know, really? He doesn't have a quarterback. But I still think he's the class of the division, even though he's probably not going to get anything. It's Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper is still the best receiver here. I just, I like the guys in Pittsburgh. I like what's going on over there. But I mean, to me, those guys are still like number two guys. You know, they're, they really haven't jumped up into that, you know, tier one class. I think Amari Cooper has the ability once Deshaun walks back in and starts doing his stuff, I think, and he gets playing, hopefully he can elevate him there. But I'm going to go Amari Cooper. Damn, that's crazy. That That's crazy, King. I would never have gone Mari Cooper on my list at all. Damn, dude. Well, think about that's it, right? Kind of, I mean, so, okay, think about it. Even just you looking at his per game number. So not just what he's going to score for the whole year, but if he plays in those five games and say that Deshaun's decent, what's his average going to be for those five games? Then average the other guys that you're thinking about, right? And you put it in that perspective. You know, I think he's up there. You're up, T. <laughs> oh, come on. This goes without saying. Jamar Chase, of course. I mean, the guy balled out, like I said earlier, he had a historical, arguably probably the best rookie season of all wide receivers in the NFL ever. So, I mean, come on. That guy should be number one without a doubt. I, I love Jamar Chase, man. But it's not I, even close. Okay, look Forget at it, T, and this is what we talked about last week. He blew up in four games. That was his whole year. Those stats compiled 80% of his stats, those four games. He, there's fucking 17 fucking games. I'm just I'm, saying. I'm just saying. And there's going to. I know. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. saying. He's going to get you. But nice pick. All right. You're up, Bombo. Yeah, I'm just going to reiterate just what King said right now. Jamar Chase is a stud. Don't get me wrong. A lot of his stats were coming from a people missing tackles and him just breaking for 90 yards. I'm going with T Higgins. I think T Higgins is the more solid, consistent fantasy wide receiver on that team from a PPR standpoint. Um, I think that a lot of, you got to remember, these are pros. They got big egos and Jamar Chase is a talker and nobody wants to get burned by Jamar Chase. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more double coverage on him. That safety is going to be coming over to creep over on Jamar Chase, which is going to leave T. Higgins open underneath. But people still forget T. Higgins can take the top off your defense as well. I think he just has a more expanded route tree. And, you know, I'm, it's, it's, it could be a toss-up, but I'm just going to go with T. Higgins for this just because he has the more consistent no, and I get you guys, and, and that's solid, right? I mean, that's what you want to do is you want to pick the solid guy. I threw my coconuts out there for the high-ceiling guy. I just think that, you know, a guy like that with an opportunity with a, a pretty good quarterback, and I think the reason you guys pick those guys is they have the best quarterback probably in the division that can throw the ball. Joe Burrow's got the best arm in that division. I think Lamar's still the best quarterback right now but because he runs. but. I get it, guys. You know what I mean? But great list, man. And are there any fucking tight ends in this fucking division? I mean, is there anyone for us to talk about in this division? I am not high on David and Joku. They paid this guy like if he's, I don't know, I'm fuck out, like a superstar. And they don't even throw him the ball. So maybe he's a really good blocker that I'm not seeing or something, guys. But I mean, does anybody have any other tight ends they want to throw out? I don't think we need to go through a three list, but throw out a tight end if you Friar Muth. Yeah, and see, and, and you know, T and, and Friar Muth to me yeah. is just he's one of those guys that just is overhyped. 
He's really good. But what do they got there? Yeah, he's good. He's not going to be a, I mean, if he is going to be fantasy relevant, he's going to be a mid-tier guy just because of his quarterback right now. You know, so. Well, I think he's going to, if he's going to be fantasy relevant, King, I really do think that it's going to be because of his quarterback situation, right? So he's going to be that little, that little outlet, that little security blanket because they're going to do check down, check down, dump to him. And that's how it's going to be. You know what I mean? And that's why Najee fucking got that's so Najee many too, yeah. uh, but touches I mean, last year, too, because a lot of more of little dump-off passes. You know, so, yeah, no, I get it. And I get the philosophy, you know, but I guess it's know, one of those things. It's, you know, that's why everybody goes out and they, they think what they do and they try to be the guy who finds the next guy. And that's what we're all trying to do, you know? So good True. shit, guys. Good I mean, shit. Bombo had him in his Steelers. You know, in his little Steelers take, he talked well, about I mean, him. So, I, again, that's the only guy I think. Okay, right. Can't so, get any worse if for we're him. thinking about right, just on think of it this way too, guys. Right, what usually is the the mark or or how do we really determine a player's value in the NFL is what they make, and the guy making the money at the position there's Njoku, and he stinks. So I think that sort of like shows you the division and how fucking poor it is. Even if Fryer moves your best guy in that division, it's a shit shitty division for tight ends. I'm just saying that. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not right. knocking him. I'm just saying that's that's tough. No doubt. You know what I mean? So, right. So yeah. let's go ahead and get into our right. MVPs and our bust of the year. So again, this is going to be a little bit more intriguing. All right. I'm going to start it off this time. Have I started one up? Oh, I started the last one. Bombo, you're starting off this time then. Okay. Fuck. I wanted to start this one off. You go ahead and throw out your MVP. Uh, yeah. My AFC, you know, could I could obviously go Najee Harris, but I'm going to go MVP. Go Lamar Jackson. I think a lot of people are down on him. The the injury last year is going to impact where he's getting drafted right now. And honestly, it takes a certain type of drafter to want to take on a Lamar Jackson on their team. But like I spoke about before, I think he's going, his floor is just too high. Like he's, the guy's points. When it comes down to it, I think he has a lot to prove. And like you touched on earlier, King, it's a contract year. And, and, and the guy's a gamer. He's going to do all he can to show everybody that he deserves that big money. And by the end of this year, I agree. The highest paid quarterback I really do. All right, T, your guy, your MVP. My MVP is going to be Joe Burrow. He's going to have another monster year. This offense is going to feast on everybody again. He's got an improved offensive line. Think about it. He was scrambling for his life last year and he put up big numbers. Now that he's got an O line in front of him, oh, hell. I mean, that's something that's huge. I, I don't know about you, Bombo, but I'm sensing a little bit of a man crush on Joe Burrow here with T. I don't know. You know, I'm mean, just throwing it out. You know what I mean? <sighs> hand check, bro. Let me see. It's pretty you know, we're looking at monitors here, man. And we're looking at, let me see your hand. He is true. Make sure there's no jerkins on him. Not you, Bombo. I was talking about T. I think he's playing with himself when he was, you know, when he was fucking talking about <laughs> Joe Burrow there, but. Oh, hey, to Bombo's man. point, he That's is dreamy. That's the worst thing to say, but I'm going to go ahead and throw one out there, and I think the guy you left me with is obviously Najee Harris. I think just because of his opportunities and his touches, you know, he's the next guy up. You know, I think that better than anything else in that division, he's just going to get more opportunities. We'll see how their team has developed for him and been able to, I don't know, get better. I didn't want to use that term, but I didn't want to think of nothing else, but... Yeah, that'll that'll be our list. You know what I mean? So those those are the three guys that we think are the top tiers in that division is Joe Burrow, Najee Harris, and I agree with Bombo. I think the number one guy, Lamar, his number one guy, Lamar, is gonna be the guy there. So who's gonna be your bust in that division, guys? 
Go ahead and go first, T. All right. So my bust in this division is going to be Lamar Jackson. The reason why I say that is he's going into, you know, like Bombo was talking about earlier, contract year, you know, all these types of situations. Let's face it, guys. He's him. And I think it's his mother or, or maybe his dad or something like that is, is doing the negotiations for his contract. That's really not going well. He might get paid. We don't know that. I know they want to pay him. But that's a distraction, right? So it's really hard to be able to do things and and to be focused what's on the field. I understand he said after a certain time frame, he's not going to do it, you know, focus on that. He's going to focus on the season. But he's also very injury prone. His second year in the league was his best year to date. He's had down years since then. He's still very good, but I think he's the biggest fantasy bust because I I just don't know if he's going to be able to. Wow. All right, Coconuts. No, that's a good one, man. I just got three words for that one, and maybe Bombo can chime in a little bit after, but your ass hurts. All right, Bombo, you got anything to say on D's take there? I think it's the opposite. I think Lamar having to fight for his contract right now, and, you know, this is a guy that's openly came out and said that he doesn't feel like he's even earned that big fat check. So, obviously, he's going to play it out, and he's going to show it on the field. Now, Will that lead to him taking more chances? Will that lead to him putting himself out there to probably get hurt? Who knows? But uh, I've been hearing Lamar Jackson is going to take a big, serious injury since he started. And really, last year is the only Thank time. Thank you, brother. He's Appreciate really that. Missed. All right, Bombo, you're up. Who's going to be your bust in the division? All right. So I'm just going to go with historically running backs usually don't have that big of a shelf life. And right now, Joe Mixon is the old guy in the division. So Joe Mixon is from the previous regime. You know, he's a a Marvin Lewis guy. And, you know, you touched on it earlier, King. When it comes down to the fastest feet and who has like, you know, who's passes the eye test, it's Evans on that team. And maybe even the future of the running back position for the Cincinnati Bengals isn't even on that team yet. But right now, I think Mixon could disappoint for at where he's going at his current ADP and where he's being drafted at. And keep in mind, Samaje Ryan isn't going anywhere. And in a two-minute offense in really close games last year, that was the guy that was in the game. So those PPR points that Mixon could have been getting were going to P. Ryan in that situation just because he's a better, you know, he has better hands, quicker with quicker hips once he gets the ball and turns up field. Joe Mixon is a one-cut-and-go guy, but just historically, backs are starting, starting to tail off in that sixth and seventh year. And I think they're just going to we're eventually going to see the end of Joe Mixon. And, and I think that Joe, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries, even the last couple, three years. He's nagging little injuries that stick with him for quite a bit of the season, you know. And and I think last year he even had a couple of those as well. And I agree. I, I think that was a really good take, Bombo. I, you know, I, I don't know how much longer he's gotten. I loved me some Joe Mixon coming out of college. I just think they wasted the first couple of years running him behind the shittiest line in the NFL. You know, what do you think, T? No, you're absolutely right about that. Although, you know, I I was, as I'm saying earlier, you know, Mixon, he's going to be good, not great, to be honest with you. So uh, he does have a big bust no, I, type I, of target I, I'm, on I'm his I'm with back. both you guys. But here's one for you guys. I'm going to throw my coconuts out there for the biggest bust of this division. Now, remember what we said, folks. A bust doesn't mean they're going to fall completely off and they're going to suck nuts all year. They're going to fucking not even be draftable next year from their ADP. Right. They are not going to be close to where their ADP is. That's the bus we're talking about. My bus to this division is going to be Jamar Chase. I just think that I, I think it's going to be one of those things this year where I think there's going to be a lot of defenses keying on this guy. I think it's going to open up things for T Higgins. I think that I think Bombo made a good point. This guy talks too much shit. 
And as a rookie, I think he never really got popped. And I think there's going to be a couple guys who are going to take the flag and pop him this year just to shut him up and let him know that, hey, boy, you're in the NFL. And it's going to happen. You know, and I, I really think their schedule's tough. And I think that's going to play into what they're going to be fantasy-wise. So I think, you know, to me, I think next year he'll probably settle down into that, you know, second, third round ADP, not in that low back end first round, high end second round ADP where he probably should be, you know, and that's like a 50% reduction for me. So my bust is Jamar Chase. Damn, damn, damn. That's crazy. That's putting your coconuts on. You got to do what you got to do sometimes, guys. Your lime size. You know, but hey, look, guys, that was a really good show, man. We got to keep it tight. We got to keep things going. So we're just going to keep going for another show. You guys tune in for our next show. Bombo, great show. T, great show. You guys, we're out of here. See you on the next show. Late. Peace.